Okay, girl. Hey, it is so good to have you with us today. Welcome to the Wife Like Me podcast. My name is Amanda Davison. I'm the founder of A Wife Like Me, and we are here for you so that you can thrive in and outside of marriage. This is hard and we are here for you. And so we want to bring you resources and a community, a team that's going to help us grow and stretch us and challenge us in our faith and in our marriages and and really just in all areas of our lives as wives. So I am beyond excited excited about this episode. We have a guest with us. His name is John Chastine. Side note, I love his episode so much and what he shared with us that I asked him if he would want to be a regular contributor on our podcast. And he actually said he'd be happy to contribute more. So that's amazing. But listen, he's actually the president of the King's University in South Lake, Texas. And then him and his wife, Michelle, they also serve as lead pastors of Victory Church in Oklahoma City. And honestly, his greatest passion, he says, is to empower and equip the local church to live, move, and be in the fullness of Christ. And ladies, he just wrote a book. It just came out. It's called Half the Battle, Healing Your Hidden Hurts. And what I wanted John to talk to us about is really how rejection affects us and our marriages. And honestly, his book and his message is so good and so worth digging into not only for you but for your husband and so if you've been looking for a read uh, for your husband this is a great one but it's not just for guys it's it's for anyone but it is so powerful so tune into what John shares with us and then I will share a few things at the end well hey I want to say thank you for allowing me to be a part of this podcast And hello to Amanda and the entire listenership of the Wife Like Me podcast. My name is John Chasteen, and I'm just so honored to be uh, here talking to all of you. Uh, Today, I want to talk about this subject of rejection. And as Amanda mentioned, I wrote a book called Half the Battle, uh, Healing Your Hidden Hurts. And I really believe that um, rejection is one of the greatest weapons of the enemy. And that's kind of what I want to talk to Uh, all of you today about. I think rejection is something that sneaks up on us. Rejection is something that, one, is universal. We all encounter rejection on a day-to-day basis, from big things to little things, right? Your boss could not invite you to lunch and invite everyone else to lunch, or you could get on social media and see that everybody went somewhere and didn't invite you. That's rejection. And um, even social media, we can feel rejected, rejected. Or if you text somebody and they start to text back and you see the bubbles pop up, but then they never text. These are all small things of rejection, but then there's really big ones. There's ones like, you know, if your father rejected you, um, maybe you were put up for adoption and that felt like rejection. Uh, Maybe your mother, who's supposed to be this loving, caring, tender person, rejected you. There's some really big ones out there that can have some really long lasting effects. In fact, there's been some studies done uh, in, 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 uh, recent years, uh, but going even all the way back to 2001, the U.S. Surgeon General concluded that rejection was a greater risk for adolescent violence than drugs, poverty, and gang membership. I mean, rejection is crazy impactful. Dr. Winch did a study where he scanned did MRI scans of the brain, and he found that the same area of the brain becomes activated when we experience rejection 
as when we experience physical pain, that the same neural pathways in our brain are used for physical pain as for rejection. He concluded that a broken heart may not be so different than a broken arm. And so the book even goes into this idea of using the children of Israel in this way. You know, we all know the children of Israel's story. They leave Egypt as slaves. They go through the wilderness and they come to the promised land. But before they enter the promised land, they're on the banks of the Jordan River. And I think that something really powerful and impactful happens because they're about to go into the promised land and fight battles. Um, you know, they're going to fight AI and Jericho and the northern kingdoms and the southern kingdoms. But as as I studied that, I realized that that was only half the battle, that they were going to fight a much bigger battle, one on the inside. And in, in Joshua chapter 5, verse 9, uh, it takes them through this process of circumcision. And then in verse 9, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And that just really struck me because I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute, they've been gone from Egypt for 40 years. But yet the Bible says, today I'm removing the reproach of Egypt from you. You know, if you think about it even a layer deeper, these people that the Lord is talking to never even have never even been to Egypt. It was their parents that were in Egypt. They had never felt the sting of a whip on their back, but they had seen the scars. They grew up looking at the scars of their parents' backs. And I think this thing can be generational. And sometimes we want to fight the battle, right? We want to overcome the addiction. We want to overcome the anger issue. We want to fix our marriage. Um, but I think that's only half the battle. I think that's a process of allowing God to go in deep into the recesses of our heart. This word reproach in that text, if you look at it in the Hebrew language, it's, it's translated as scorn, shame, and disgrace. And so what the Lord was basically telling them is that before you go to battle, before you go to fight with your spouse and fight for your marriage and fight for your finances, I, don't, I want to remove something from your heart, something from your past, something shameful, something scornful. And he took them through this process of circumcision. And, you know, we know that in the New Testament, it's no longer a circumcision of the flesh. It's a circumcision of the heart that God wants to cut away some things from our past. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean in modern day? How does that impact me and my relationship with God? How does it impact really practical things like my marriage or, my, or, or your relationship with your husband? Well, I want to get super practical for a minute because there's some options in what we can do with this thing called rejection. Uh, because we've already, you know, we've already said that we all experience it. We all have rejection. And so we have some options. What do we do with this? I'll give you four options. One, it becomes this, well, it, before I say that, Rejection becomes this heavy thing, this really heavy stone. And to use that illustration, we can do a couple of things with this heavy stone. One, we can hide it away. We can just hide it. We can shove it down deep, pretend like it's not there, put it in the dark corners of our heart and and just, just put it away and hide it. I don't want to talk about it. It hurts too bad. I don't want to mess with it. And so the, pro the problem with that is it doesn't become smaller. It actually grows bigger. And it becomes something that everybody trips over <laughs> and everybody knows it's there, but nobody can talk about it. Right. And so it's not a good option. We can't do this. The second thing we can do is we can pass it off. It becomes too heavy to, to, to carry. And so it becomes too heavy to hide it. Um, it's too, it becomes too big to hide it. And so we pass it off. We begin to pass our pain off onto other people. And this is manifested in ways where you might hear people say to you, it's your fault. I'm this way. It's your fault I lost my temper. It's your fault I cheated on you. It's your fault that I'm addicted. And what are we doing? We're passing off pain. 
The truth is the only problem with this is that when you pass off your pain, you don't truly pass it off because it's more like a virus. You just spread it. And so I don't think this is a viable option with our pain. The third thing we can do if we want is we can carry, we can just carry it. We can just take it with us. We wear it on our sleeve and we just tell people, well, this is just how I am. If you don't like me, then that's tough. I'm just going to, you know, tell it like it is. We hear people say that. Well, we can't just carry our pain. You know, if I asked you to carry a five gallon bucket full of bricks for five yards, you could do that. You, you could do that. It's not that far. If I told you to carry up five football fields, you'd be like, oh, and honestly, you'd probably still carry it. You could probably still carry it that far, but you're going to have to reposition it. You may have to put it on your shoulder. You may have to carry it to your side. Then you switch to your other arm. And this is what we do with our pain when we just carry it along. We reposition our pain. We think, well, this person is is just not a good person for me. So I need to divorce them and find a new a new spouse. We, we pass it. We, we want to carry it along. We have to reposition it. Well, maybe I just need to read a book. Maybe I just need to go on vacation. Maybe I just need more money. Maybe I need a new job. This is us repositioning our pain. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 says, see to it that no one falls short of grace and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. And so if we just hide it, if we, if we carry it along, if we pass it off, it just becomes a root that grows up. And if we allow it to, our grudge will grow up. But there is a fourth option. There is a fourth option that I want to talk to you uh, for just a minute in the remainder of this time that I have with you. And I want to use this illustration, this text that I began with of Joshua 5, 9, where it says, today I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And I thought about this word rolled away. And then the very next sentence in that text says, and that place has been called Gilgal to this day. This word Gilgal is translated as the word circular stone. And so my mind drifted as I read that to, okay, it's rolling it away and it's a circular stone. And this immediately transported my mind from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And I thought first of Jesus, obviously, and the stone that was rolled away. But secondly, my mind went to Lazarus and this story of Lazarus of how Mary and Martha were severely rejected by Jesus. They wanted Jesus to come and heal their brother. And Jesus didn't. He delayed in coming. And for them, that was rejection. He didn't, he didn't do what we asked him to do. And so they had this pain. And what did they do? They did the same thing with their pain that we do with ours. They took it and they shoved it in a dark place and they rolled a stone in front of it. And this is what we do with our pain. And, but Jesus wasn't okay with this. Jesus came to confront their place of pain. And Jesus comes to them in John chapter 11 and he asks them, where have you put him? Where have you put him? And Jesus comes to us. It's, it's not like Jesus didn't know. This is the creator of the universe. He knew where Lazarus was, but he said, where have you put him? And Jesus walks to us and says, where have you put your pain? And then the rest of the cha John chapter 11 is this process of Mary and Martha escorting him to their place of pain. And they weren't happy about it. Martha said, you should have been here, Jesus. And if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. Um, but then she said, but even now, but even now. So they escort Jesus to this place of pain and he asks them to roll the stone away. And Martha says, oh, Jesus, by now the stench has become far too great. And she revealed what we, each one of us have. It's a stench behind the stone, that there is a place that we've placed painful situations in our life and they're infected and they hurt and they're wounds. And Jesus wanted to resurrect something that was dead in them. And so we have a fourth option with our pain. If we don't want to hide it away, if we don't want to pass it off, if we, we, we can't pass it off anymore, and if, we, if it's become too heavy to carry, the fourth option is we can lay it down. We can lay it down. 
The good news about rejection is that you're in good company. Moses was rejected. Um, Elijah was rejected. The disciples were rejected. Even Jesus was rejected. And Jesus was probably the most rejected of us all. He was rejected by the Pharisees, by the Sadducees, by the, by the crowds. He was rejected by the Greeks, by the Romans, by the Jews. He was rejected by the disciples. Think about this. He was rejected by his own father in Matthew 27 and cried out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? But then in, in Psalm chapter 118, it says the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. So what did Jesus do with his pain? He laid it down. He was the stone that everybody looked at and said, nope, I reject you. You are not the Messiah. You are rejected. And But that stone that everyone else saw as rejected became the chief cornerstone for something to be beautiful to be built upon. So as I conclude, if we will do the same with our rejection, the painful areas of our life, this will help us as, as wives realize that your husbands are feeling rejected physically and they need to understand that you're being rejected emotionally. What do we do with this pain? We lay it down. We confess it to one another and it can become something foundational that we can no longer carry. It's too heavy to carry. We lay it down as a foundation. And when we do, our testimony becomes great and God can build something beautiful upon it. Ladies, be mindful of the ways that you might be rejecting your husbands. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your marriage. I'm praying for the difficulties that you're going through. And I pray that God will continue to bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you, your marriage, your finances, and your kids. Thanks for having me today. I told you what he was going to share was so good. Oh, it is so challenging for us, right? It should be. And, and it should be for us to reflect on this in regards to our husbands and think about the different ways that they've maybe been dealing with rejection, maybe in ways that they've never even thought about it, maybe from a long time ago that they've never even acknowledged. And same with us. I know that it's tempting to carry rejection with us as maybe even a badge of honor or as a way to self-protect us, seemingly self-protect ourselves from further hurt, as a way to remind the people around us how they maybe hurt us so that it doesn't happen again or so that we don't have to release it. Because in releasing it, it's a place of vulnerability, and that feels scary. So I love what John shared about in how Jesus doesn't ignore the reality of rejection. He does not ignore the reality of the pain in that rejection. Jesus wants to come and have us use that rejection as a place, as a foundation for growth. And he says that's when we can actually move forward and navigate the layers of that rejection and move forward in a place that actually grows us closer together in community, in marriage, in friendships with family and with Jesus. And so I love that analogy that he's not asking us to ignore it or, you know, pretend like all is, you know, has to be well. Jesus is like, no, I want you to trust me with this process of laying it down and what that looks like because it's scary. And so yet it's so good. So I love how John shares that, ladies, um, half the battle. It's his new book, 
and it's awesome. And this is just one part of, it's one chapter of his book is on rejection, but half the battle is healing your hidden hurts. Okay, John Chastain. John, we thank you for sharing with us today. Ladies, watch social media because you could win a copy. So we'll be doing a giveaway of Half the Battle. So thanks, John, for that as well. And I'm sure, at least I'm hoping, that we're going to hear more from him because it's so good. So ladies, just thank you. Thank you for listening. I encourage you to share this with someone who might need to hear it. And we love you. And Ladies, the countdown is on. The Wife Like Me Collective launches November 1st. And if you are part of our email subscriber list, if you get our weekly emails every Friday, you will have the opportunity to sign up first and get a special gift for doing that. So um, join our email list and then you can, if you decide to join the A Wife Like Me Collective, November 1st, you'll get a special gift sent to you and we really want to send it to you. So you can head over to awifelikeme.com just sign up for our freebies. And in doing that, you're also signing up for our newsletter. So we can't wait to have you a part of the A Wife Like Me Collective. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon.